0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Craft Beer Talk Show. This is episode 24. I'm your host, Matt Sausch. Uh, This is a podcast where we talk all things craft beer, including some history from time to time. This is the beginning of what you could say is uh, the second season. Uh, We capped off the last episode with the crowning of our winner for the Craft Beer Talk Show, Introduction to Craft Beer Choice of the Year Award. Uh, the winner was Naughty Otter with their Pilsner, so congratulations. Um, going forward from now on, all the beers uh, that meet the requirements uh, that we taste in the show will be eligible for next year's award, which is done or are announced in November. Uh, so check out the episodes prior um, to this to get yourself caught up. Uh, this season coming up is going to be a very, very exciting one for the Craft Beer Talk Show. Lots of big news being revealed. Um, You know, I can't share it yet, but I will share with you once everything is finalized. And if you don't know what I'm talking about with the award, uh, the last, I I think probably maybe five or so episodes, um, I've mentioned it and explained it a little bit. And there's an episode, um, it might be episode seven. Don't quote me on it but it might be episode seven, uh, where I go full in depth of what this award is. Uh, Get yourself caught up so you can listen um, for these upcoming beers that are eligible uh, starting now until November um, for next year's award. So Last week, um, I took the week off, so there was no episode on Friday, um, to plan some things, but primarily because I had to go to the dentist. Um, I had some swelling in my face. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't necessarily take the best care uh, of my teeth, but the main reason I didn't do an episode was because I had to go on antibiotics. I can't even say that word, so sorry if you don't even understand what I said, but uh, I had to be on antibiotics um, to bring that swelling down in my face because I guess my tooth is infected um, I need a root canal. I've I've already had one before, not fun. Obviously, I don't go to the dentist often, but I was finally able to have a beer um, today, Thursday, when I record for the first time. So that was very refreshing, and you uh, made me look forward to doing this show. I don't know about you guys, but I I hate the dentist. Um, absolutely despise them. I don't want to get into it too much. Very uh, close to home. Um, conversation. But long story short, I once actually bit the dentist's finger. So that uh, should go without saying that I am not a fan. Um, But the episode that I last put out would have been the end of November. So to bring it up to a little bit cheery, cheery more topics, um, we're in December now. And that means holiday, holiday, Christmas here, Christmas there. Um, Of course, this year is going to be a bit different uh, in terms of the whole COVID nineteen situation, gatherings—if uh, you have a large family—most likely aren't going to be able to get together uh, unless you're willing to break some some rules. I've heard there's some pretty hefty fines given out here in Ontario, but you know, if you got the money and you're willing to risk it, hey, I guess uh, that's your prerogative. But um, I'm lucky enough that I don't necessarily have a lot of family here in Ontario, um, so my gatherings are, are small to begin with, so I won't be missing out much on the, um, the festivities this year, but I know a lot of families are going to have to uh, cancel their Christmas or make other arrangements, whether it be like a, a Zoom meeting or, or whatever it may be. I, I know um, it's kind of complicated and it sucks, but that's the reality we're dealing with. Um, but the number one thing that comes along with the holiday seasons, other than, you know, gifts and get togethers and big meals, um, is Christmas holiday beers. Uh, they usually are darker beers, um, you know, something warming, maybe bourbon aged or, or rye casked beers. And I thought to myself to kick all of this off, of course we want to do a dark beer. So we've done Dark Lager from Silversmith. Um, we've done Porter, which was Clifford Porter. I kind of mentioned them actually coming up in uh, in our conversation. But one massive beer style we haven't touched base on is, a little bit controversial almost, me even saying that we haven't touched base on it, uh, is Stout. And I'll explain why it's controversial. Um, I guess the, the question is controversial that I'm going to bring up, um, and that is, what is the difference between porter and stout? This is a question that has been debated for years, and brewers around the globe have all kinds of different opinions. So, when researching this, uh, of course, I ran into complications, um, you know, in perfectly defining what that difference is. Now. We went into detail about how Porter came to be in a previous episode. uh, And supposedly, according to um, VinePair.com, experimentation of the Porter is what drove Stout into existence. So by their research, Stout is actually just a stronger version of Porter. Um, Its original name being Stout Porter. So that sounds simple enough. It honestly makes a lot of sense to me. Porter always seems to be smoother and lighter than than stout is, but the debate does not end there. Uh, What seems to be a simple divide, uh, you know, of the two, this is going centuries ago, um, is not so simple in the current era uh, of the beer world. You have porters that are stronger than some stouts, which defeats the original idea of stout. And the flavor profiles are completely interchangeable. In fact, to some people, porter and stout are the exact same thing, just interchangeable uh, terminology. So Luke Purcell of Great Lakes Brewery actually has said that there really isn't a difference between the two. But one thing that a lot of people can agree on uh, is the kind of malt that should be used to brew each beer. Uh, Porter's Use malted barley, and stouts are uh, unmalted roasted barley. But even these specifications are a bit in the gray area to some brewers, uh, as it all seems to be, you know, a personal preference. So I couldn't necessarily get a clear answer on what the difference is, and I want to provide everybody, basically, you know, with you know, they can leave listening to this episode with an answer or uh, an opinion at least. So I had to dive into the history of how Stout came to be, and uh, I decided I would try and figure it out for myself or even just establish a clear uh, opinion for my of my own. Um, but this all came to a very, very quick halt, uh, and from what I found, drove me to believe in in one of the theories very easily. Uh, The history of Stout, from what I'm researching now, it's not like I'm talking to somebody who was around um, when Stout first came to be, but researching, Googling, this and that. The history of Stout is actually the exact same as Porter. Um, A lot of people talk about the industrialization period um, which is exactly where Porter came from. Uh, and according to many resources, that's because the original stouts were Porters, just like vinepair.com um, originally stated. Uh, stouts were just a heftier version, um, a more stout variety, uh, so to speak. Uh, and a lot of this has to do with the gravity reading of the beer itself to classify as a stout, it must have a, a higher gravity than that of the average porter, and, and gravity has to do with um, the alcohol by volume, and and, and, uh, and there is an equation um, in home brewing where, or in all brewing, I should say, uh, to figure out this alcohol by volume, and that has to do with uh, gravity readings before and and, and after. And then you plug them into the equation to, to find out what alcohol percentage your beer is going to be. So to classify this, it had to be a higher gravity than the average porter, which brings us back to the point uh, of being kind of lost in translation, where some porters are actually stronger than stouts. So for my research, I'd say that the main difference has to be the malt. Uh, the unmalted roasted barley gives that, that typical coffee-like taste. That stouts are known for, and I really do agree with the fact that that porters are are lighter than stouts. Uh, Maybe not always in the sense of alcohol content, but in my opinion, the flavor profile and and the taste are always um, seem to be lighter, almost more uh, approachable, an approachable version of a stout. And looking back at episode eleven, where you can check out the whole history of porter, uh, and we we tasted Clifford Porter from Hamilton. That, uh, that beer was exceptional, super smooth. It actually tied for the best beer score we, we've tasted on the show to date. So check that out and that way you'll you'll understand the whole history. And then basically all you have to do uh, to get the history of Stout is add on that they they made them stronger. Um, in terms of uh, alcohol content, and in terms of uh, a more aggressive flavor. And then that basically uh, wraps up where, where Stout came from. Which brings us now to the brewery we're going to be talking about uh, today. Uh, we're going to visit Henderson Brewing uh, from Toronto, Ontario. They're best known for their um, Henderson's Best, um, a very, very popular beer, um, I think it's actually a take on an extra special bitter. I personally love it, um, but today we'll be of course trying their Export Stout. Now just before I get kind of to their, their small history of the brewery, I want to prepare you for, for what is Export Stout. Basically, it's just a stronger, bolder version um, of the classic stout itself. Uh, usually boasting in roasted characteristics, uh, higher alcohol content, all that kind of uh, stuff. So basically what stout is, but amplified. So Henderson's Brewing, surprisingly enough, doesn't have anyone named Henderson at the brewery. Uh, In fact, it's actually a nod to Robert Henderson, which was the owner of the first brewery operating in Toronto. Um, General Manager Steve Himmel and Head Brewer Mark Benzaquin are the runners of the show there. These two gentlemen have been brewing beers since the 80s and 90s, respectively. Uh, Himmel having part in one of the original craft breweries in the GTA at Dawn Valley Brewing Company, whereas Benzaquin worked at Molson as a brewmaster for years until he took a job as a consultant helping build breweries around the world. Uh, he worked for companies like Sleeman, Heineken, uh, and I believe Grosch. Uh, they opened up in 2016 and have been roaring ever since. Uh, they have four year-round beers, uh, always have a tap open for their Ides Of uh, series, which is a monthly smaller batch beer they make, uh, which could vary in style. Uh, The Export Stout style we're trying today was actually once one of those beers Uh, and it ended up winning gold at the Canadian Brewing Awards, Uh, so they decided to brew it again seasonally uh, as a limited release. Uh, It's available every winter, which is exactly how we've got our hands on it. So let's dive into the beer. Henderson's Export Stout, uh, it's 7%. Um, It's got 50 IBUs, I'm going to go ahead and, and pour the beer now. Um, I changed it up in terms of the tasting. I think two episodes ago I did kind of like the tasting while I was recording. Honestly, I still haven't found um, a way to do that flawlessly and, and smoothly. So I did it a bit differently. I kind of did um, a tasting while recording um, in the studio. And now I'm going to do... Uh, a separate tasting kind of for the podcast a little bit more in depth so you can check out both kind of uh, compare the two but I'm going to go ahead um, and and pour the beer and then we can do um, the the podcast tasting all right so the beer is poured uh, it's an absolutely stunning color pretty much what you would expect from a, a typical stout it's pretty much jet black but it does have kind of this this redness to it, like this is ruby color to it. Um, and it's really only if you can catch it in the light. I really love the look of this beer, to be honest with you. The head um, is like a creamy beige color uh, rather than your typical white. But then again, in a stout, that is um, pretty typical. The head retention is amazing. Like it's thick, foamy, um, everything almost like a picturesque stout would be. The can itself, I thought, was actually also exceptional. Um, It it caught my eye. To be honest with you, I had a different stout um, in my hands to do for this episode. But then I saw Henderson's, and I'm a big fan of Henderson's, so I decided, you know what, they did such a good job essentially marketing themselves uh, on a shelf amongst so many other beers that it caught, caught my eye. I had to pick it up. Obviously, I was a fan of Henderson, so I was like, "Oh, surprisingly, oh, awesome! Like it's almost like a perfect pairing, um, like a perfect coincidence." So I went with that one. Let's give it a smell. So, in terms of aroma, it hits all of the main characteristics. Uh, that coffee, the um, you can smell like the roasted malts. Uh, it's got like a chocolate kind of aftertone to it, like a sweetness. Um, and, and all of those things, I believe, are standard. Now an export ale, or sorry, export uh, stout, is is an amplification of all of those things. Uh, I don't necessarily get that right away from the the aroma, but in the taste, um, we'll see. It is 7%, so it's a little bit boozier. Uh, we'll see if I can I can uh, figure that one out or or, or taste it. But I'm going to give it a sip. Okay, so the first thing you notice right away is this dry finish. It's it's so crisp and like it cuts off right at the end. You taste, you get all these flavors, but it's this dry finish. It almost just like, boom, snips it all off and gets you ready for your next sip. Almost like leaving you wanting more. Almost as if like, you know when you drink a beer and you or even water or anything to quench your thirst. Um, and... You're almost satisfied after like a huge kind of half chug or, or whatever. This, you take a sip, mm, you get that that taste, but you're almost you're wanting more and more and more. Um, and of course, I feel that way about every beer, but this beer, especially with that dry finish, they do a fantastic job at that. and I really like there's not a lot of lingering flavors um, in the mouth. In terms of comparing what I tasted, to what i smell it is very different i think the aromas um are a lot more powerful i think that you don't get a lot of coffee in my opinion with with this beer but you do get this like semi-sweet chocolate aftertaste which is quite lovely um i think it mellows it out and almost um cushions the blow um, of, of a stout, of a dark beer. You know, a lot of people are hesitant to get them for a reason. And I think they do an awesome job of of allowing people who don't like stouts to, to definitely dive in, um, in. In my opinion, at least, you you might not be a stout drinker. It's it's not my favorite style, to be honest with you. Um, but you might drink this and you might think, Matt, what the hell are you talking about? Like, this is disgusting. But, no, I think that they do a really good job... Um, of kind of masking it all, uh, especially the high alcohol percentage. You don't. It is a boozy beer, but you don't necessarily taste that, um, which is a good thing. Um, I, I definitely believe it's a slow sipper. I'm gonna give it one more taste. See what else I can. I can get out of this beer. Hmm. See, I caught a little bit more um, up front there, almost like in my cheeks. Like I think it has a lot to do with the mouthfeel. It really. As soon as you put it in your mouth, it, it just fills up um, your mouth with different flavors. I did get a little bit of coffee there, but I'm still getting this, this really um, chocolatey flavor, which I which I really like. Um, you can taste the roasted malts hands down. That's probably the number one, even though I haven't mentioned it yet. Um, the roasted malts hand down um, are the whole characteristic of this beer. But it's interesting. I I like this beer because it's one of those beers where you're tasting it and you can actually taste um, all of like the inner workings of of the like, the making of the beer. You know a lot of beers will say oh it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that and then you taste it and you're like, "Hmm, tastes like every other other beer I've tasted." But this beer you can you can taste it like, "Oh, wow, they said chocolate. Oh, wow, they said coffee. Hmm, they said this this roasted malt." You know what? You can almost go layer by layer by layer step-by-step and and taste all of those things. So I think that's really cool. So it's it's definitely um, a cool beer to whip out if you're doing like a craft beer tasting with your friends or something like that. Maybe a good idea this holiday season um, to try and get together with people. If you want to host, like over Zoom, obviously, like you can't necessarily have big gatherings, but if you want to do like a, a craft beer tasting, Everybody goes to the, the LCBO or the beer store, whatever, wherever they get their craft beer, and, and everyone buys um, the, the same beers, and then everybody goes through it and kind of tastes it and, and talks about it. I think this definitely would be um, a conversational beer. Uh, I really like it. I'm going to give it one last sip, then we're going to give it a score, um, see how it compares almost to the, the Clifford Porter that I was talking about earlier. Since, you know, a porter is a stout according to history, I guess. The more and more I taste it, the more and more, like, I take a sip. It's almost like the same hit every single time. Even though I know what it tastes like, I almost still go through those layers every single time. You know, sometimes with um, a beer or, or whiskey or anything like that, you taste it. You The first time, it kind of, like, punches you in the mouth. The second time, you really taste it. And then you know the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, all those times, they all become kind of the same. Whereas this, every single time, I can taste those levels uh, of flavor, and they unravel themselves. So one step at a time, one second of a time that it, uh, for the whole time that it's in my mouth, uh, it's pretty cool. So I definitely recommend getting this beer. I think I've done a pretty good job at um, showing that I really like it. But uh, in terms of a score. I'm going to give it 8.9. Um, that is a little bit lower than what I gave Clifford Porter. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you know Clifford Porter trumps this beer, but I do think that this beer is exceptionally good, and I think it's maybe just missing kind of one more layer. Maybe it's a little bit too simple in terms of uh, – of a stout it's missing maybe one like special characteristic that would have notched it into the nine but hey 8.9 is an amazing score so hats off to henderson brewing um awesome awesome stout i think that if there was a craft beer talk show introductory to stout um choice of the year award this definitely would take take the cake um, I think Porter, the Porter that I had, obviously it's good. The flavors were there, but you almost still have to have that acquired taste. Um, whereas this, I think you could go in having your first stout ever and and really getting a lot out of this and maybe thinking that you, you want to explore more stouts. You might go wrong down the road, but you definitely won't go wrong with Henderson's Export Stout. So 8.9, awesome. Check them out. Um, I'll post all of the Instagram Pages in the uh, description of this episode, so be sure to go give them a follow, check them out. Um, the tasting for um, this episode should be out uh, tomorrow. You're probably if you're listening to this on the day it was released, it's a Friday. The episode should or the um, the video should be out on the Saturday, so the following uh, the day of the release. So look for that. Um, you can check out the new studio and. Uh, Until then, uh, cheers. We'll see you next week.